there are sections where you can paddle three or four hundred miles and not even see another human being. Hello and welcome to Mountain Meister. It's the podcast that explores the minds of those who explore. My guest today is Dale Sanders, also known as the Greybeard Adventurer. At 80 years old, he paddled the entire Mississippi River in a canoe. He's the oldest person to ever do it, or at least we think so. So I put a challenge out, okay, then if nobody uh, nobody out there claims it, I'm going to claim it. Dale's passion and enthusiasm are evident in this conversation, and I think you'll find yourself smiling at certain parts of the interview. We connected over the phone, which sometimes isn't so easy. First, we tried FaceTime. Can you hear me okay now? I can hear you okay. Can you hear me? Hello? Then Skype. Can you hear me, Dale? We eventually figured it out. Yeah, actually better than before. Okay, good. Yeah, I think probably I won't have to have you repeat the questions now so much. The sound quality isn't great, but it's good enough. And I think you'll find that it kind of fits the interview. Me on one end, using my iPhone that's paired with my iMac, listening to Dale through noise-canceling headphones and speaking into a professional-quality microphone. Dale, on the other end, the wise old man with a phone up to his ear. Dale's story is coming up in a bit, but first, a word from our sponsor. Mountain Meister is supported by Bulls Bikes. Bulls is an elite German brand, but they've recently launched U.S. distribution only for sale through BullsBikesUSA.com. Why only through a website? To save money for you. By selling directly through their website, they avoid the markup from the retailer. Now, you might worry that you're losing that in-store experience. Well, check out the nifty online comparison tools, the videos, and the customer support that Bulls has in place on their website to make up for that. When you're ready, take off 5% with the code BULLSEYE5 at checkout at BullsBikesUSA.com. Now time for my interview with Dale. We start off by talking about what he did with his first 80 years. Well, a lot of adventure. I also worked uh, 37 years in the field of parks and recreation at the same time. So I had a whole career in that field, parks and recreation, 37 years. Part of that was, uh, actually 33 years of that was with the Department of Navy in their uh, MWR parks and recreation line. Along the way, I did. Uh, I held uh, my record for a world record back in uh, 1959, six minutes and four seconds. And I was also an athlete of the uh, year for the um, International Spearfishing Federation. Uh, what, what was and, that world uh, record? The world record for the spearfishing was the athlete of the year for the United for the uh, it was for actually for the world for spearfishing. Spear fishing, yeah. And six minutes, nine seconds to do what? Holding my breath. I held my breath for six minutes and four seconds uh, in 1959 for a world record. Oh, my God. Okay, congratulations on that, too. What is the yeah. record now? Do you know? Well, the record now, I don't I don't know what it is. It's a lot more than that, but the, the difference is I held my breath at the bottom of a swimming pool. And a lot of the people that are doing the breath holding records now are not not actually underwater like I was, what? but it was broken. And but several years ago, several times. And then I showed dogs for a while. Had a national champion, the best to show dog. And uh, and after I retired from the Navy, uh, as a 
civil service employee in 2002, I really started the canoeing uh, and sometimes kayaking uh, an awful lot. So by the time I got around to 2015, when I did the whole Mississippi River uh, from source to sea, I had, uh, you know, I had, uh, had a lot of miles, uh, river miles under my belt, so to speak. How did you come up with the idea to do the Mississippi River? Like, what, what, what connection do you have to that? Yeah, I, I actually have considered many things. For instance, uh, next year I'm going to do the Appalachian Trail, but but uh, and that was considered for 2015 as well. But I decided the river would be probably the best thing to do because uh, I'm a river angel for the Mississippi River. People know the word. People that paddle uh, full length of uh, the Mississippi source to sea when they come through my hometown, I meet them down to the river and resupply them, give them a place to sleep overnight or two, and take a shower, wash their clothes. It's really refreshing to have a river angel along the way. There are a number of river angels on the the, the big rivers in the U.S., uh, like the Mississippi, and I just happen to be one. Now, all these folks that come through, I uh, get them to sign a wall. I call it the Paddler's Wall of Fame. Well, I, I know reason I wanted to paddle like Mississippi. I wanted to sign my own wall. <laughs> and it's a, where is it? Where is your wall? Well, going down, I have a paddler's den in the basement. And going down from the main house into the basement, it's a circle, circle stairway down, and uh, they're signing the wall on both sides, going up and down that that staircase. Uh, it's really, uh, I've never, I've never been able to paint that wall because it's got too many famous signatures on it. Oh, matter of fact, every single adventure, uh, Spirit of Adventure Award winner by Canoe and Kayak Magazine has ever won that award has signed that wall, and I have been a river angel for them. So what did you write on your own wall? Well, I haven't gotten home yet. I just won the award. So I'm on my way home right now. I'm in Clinton, Arkansas, uh, expecting to be home this afternoon. I think I'll sign that wall right away, as a matter of fact. Do you have any ideas? Any? Have you been thinking about it? Yeah. I don't know. I, I might just uh, just simply put my name up there and what I did and what I won as a result of that. Spirit of Adventure Award for Canoe and Kayak Magazine 20. 2015. Let the award speak for itself. What was different about this trip being 80 years old versus when you would think somebody would do it at maybe half that age? Well, because I'm in good physical condition, I, 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 I think that it physically it wasn't any harder for me probably than it was a younger person. Uh, mentally, I was more. I, I might have been better prepared mentally for it than young people are, to be honest with you, because I had so many years doing adventures. And I've already learned how to, you know, handle something when you're out three months on a river, sleeping on sandbars. How to handle that mentally than some of the young people? I might have been able to easier. So it might have been easier on me. Oh, also, I could play the age card once in a while if I needed some food or something well <laughs> down to the riverside. There's a story I like to tell you, really. I, I, you know, I carry a spot tracker with me, as you you might uh, might know. I wanted people to know where I was and uh, family and followers. And one time, this famous paddler, who was already an author, Mississippi River book author, we heard something walking through the woods, looked up, and here he was walking through the woods with fried chicken. 
and uh, had followed, had had pinged me on the spot tracker. He had knew where I, because of the ping, mm-hmm. he knew where I was on his coordinates, and he he knew where we were camping. So he just brought us fried fried chicken down to the campsite, and we and we were we didn't even know him. We just surprised this guy walking out of the woods. That sounds lovely. Where where was the fried chicken? Is it in good fried chicken territory? Well, it was it, it was Colonel Sanders fried chicken. It was someplace I got it. It was someplace up on the Iowa shore, the west shore of the Mississippi River, but I don't remember where it was exactly. Um, how do you how do you know that you are the oldest person to do this? Well, I put out a feelers for a year for about a year there. When I decided I want to do it, I kept asking, you know, for everybody to research everything they could and and find uh, who's the oldest, the oldest we could come up with at that time was 60s. And so I put a challenge out. Okay, then if nobody uh, nobody out there claims it, I'm going to claim. So that's how I am. I'm sitting here right now, having I'm claiming that record, and, uh, and nobody has challenged it. Uh, so apparently nobody else has ever done it older now. I am going to I would love for some, that record to be broken. I, and, and the more times it's broken, that's, that's, records are made to be broken. And I'd love to see somebody, some old guy, get up there and start a task and paddle to the salt water on Mississippi River and break that record. You said you were thinking about doing the Appalachian Trail next year. Does that mean that you're going for an age record there as well? That's correct. The oldest so far is 81. That's recorded record. That one is. And uh, if I can do it, if I can pull it off in one calendar year, 2017, I'll be 82. I want to talk a little bit about the Mississippi River because I've only actually seen it once, and that was probably 15 years ago. We visited uh, St. Louis, and I realized that 99% of the people who have seen the Mississippi River probably have images of it uh, from being in a city. But when you think about it, those city images, whether it's uh, Minneapolis or uh, New Orleans, Memphis, uh, that's only 1% of the river, and 99% of it is probably not seen by those people. What do we miss? Like, what, what don't people see in the Mississippi? Well, you've got it right. 99% of it is uh, people don't see, they don't realize how deserted and wilderness it is. It's just, there are sections where you can paddle three or 400 miles and not even see another human being. Now, there's a lot of barges go by, but you'll see people on them. The river is the most deserted river, and it's just hard to imagine that because you would think that people would have houses on it and everything. Yeah, up in the north section, it's that way, but down south, there's no defined river bank, so to speak. Mm. It just sort of goes into the trees and into the grassland, into the swamps. So there's no way to get to the river except maybe to near the bridges or it's occasional boat ramps. Does it, is it narrow in places or is it mostly the expanse that I envision it? Well, it's mostly pretty darn wide. Uh, if it does get narrower in some places, it and it gets really fast. That's just, it gets fun. It gets really, it, the current can get up to seven miles per hour under normal conditions, where the river narrows down a little bit. And and you had to go through uh, locks and uh, and all sorts of things. Did you ever get in trouble? 
Most people don't realize the Mississippi has got 40 dams. One of those has been broken uh, broken apart, but still have to paddle over it. So we'll say 39 dams that you either have to portage around or lock through. About a third of those, you got to actually drag your boat and supplies around it from up above to down below it and start paddling again. Mm-hmm. The rest, you got to go through locks. And, of course, they create what, uh, I would call lakes. Uh, the locals call it ponds, but and then the current's not moving. It, it makes some hardships. There's no question about it. From between La Crosse, Wisconsin, and St. Louis is uh, some of the largest uh, dams. Uh, it's it's a real challenge uh, meeting a time schedule trying to go through the locks with barges. That's Dale Sanders, oldest person to paddle the entire Mississippi River. More from our interview coming up in a bit. But first, I had a chance to sit down with Steve Sullivan. He's the founder of Steo, one of Mountain Meister's sponsors. In previous episodes, you heard Steve talk about Steo's business model and also how much thought they put into making their clothing fit well. In this segment, you'll hear about their designs. Well, the whole premise of our design philosophy is, is rooted in versatility. A great example would be we have a very popular shirt called the Eddie. And the Eddie shirt is a pseudo-Western style snap uh, button-up shirt that could be worn, I, I in fact have it on today, um, in the office. And yet I also used it to ski the entire Hout route in April with my college buddies. And what it is, is it's a a wind-resistant wicking shirt, but it also happens to have this lifestyle appeal. And so that's a good example of a product where we found a textile that had a performance characteristic that we wanted, and then we, we applied a design ethos, which is versatility, into that textile and came up with a product. And that's that's very much how we approach a good percentage of our line. You mentioned you're wearing the Eddie shirt right now. What does your closet look like? I'm so curious about this. Do you, do you just have steel everywhere? How do you, uh, what does your closet look like? Well, what I do is um, I recycle my closet every year. Um, so, well, every season actually. So each, each new season that comes out, I get all of our new products so that because I'm, obviously the head of the company. And so I want to be in our most recent product. And then I either give away um, the product to friends and family, or I've even taken a couple big boxes down to our local uh, Episcopal church thrift store. And I'm sure there were some super stoked people when that happens. (laughs) Um, But so I, I basically recycle it because otherwise you just build up, you know, there's just too many, too many things. Uh We have our our line has over 120 styles now. So, you know, I'd have, a, have to have a bigger closet. Right. So I'm a I'm a podcast host and producer, and sometimes I, I like have trouble listening to other podcasts because I'm always like focused on the production side or how the host is saying something instead of listening to what they actually say. When you wear clothing, uh, does something similar happen to you where you you can't you, you're thinking too much about wearing the clothing? Almost every time I wear a piece of our clothing, which is every day, I am thinking about, oh, should the arm's eye on this sleeve be a quarter inch, you know, deeper, or 
should this sleeve length be, you know, a half inch shorter, or is this snap working the right way, or can I roll this sleeve up the right way? Um, is this hood functioning properly with a helmet on? You know, I'm I'm constantly sending texts to our product development crew, um, but yeah, I'm hyper hyper critical. For 20% off, go to Stio.com, S-T-I-O.com. Use the code MEISTER at checkout. You can also listen to my full interview with Steve. Just type in Stio on the search bar at mtnmeister.com. Now back to our interview with Dale Sanders. The time, there is a time on this trip that, that I almost quit. I almost uh, pushed with the spot tracker. I almost opened the door and pushed the SOS button for help. And uh, I was paddling alone at that time, which I did a lot. Even though there were other people following, we got spread out, and we got spread out because there was a storm coming. It was a, and a Blanchard Dam, a place up way up north called Blanchard Dam, is a desert no deserted area, no towns nearby, not even a picnic structure to get under. Well, I was trying to rush up ahead of the incoming storm and get to the dam alone. And when I got to the dam, I was three quarters of a mile over to the other side where he put in. It looked like I had time to make my five trips before the storm would get there. Because it took me five trips to get all my gear moved. Each, you know, one of those was the last one was taking the boat over there on my on my head. But anyway, I only made it with two trips. And the few, the worst storm in the third, I think the temperature was like at 37 or 38 degrees. The rain was coming in sideways. It was lightning was just bolting all around me. And here I am with stuff on both ends. And, and one one of those trips I'd tried to carry too much, and I actually left some of it in the middle. That's a half of three quarters of a mile, half, mile and a half round trip. So that, that 10 miles of walking that day in, the, in that storm was took its toll on me. It, it, uh, when I get, finally got everything over till the end, I went into violent uh, convulsions, and there was nobody around. Finally, uh, ironically, a guy that we had seen uh, called Tyler, I'll never forget him, uh, trail named Tyler, he came up, and the only person there, and we built a fire, he built a fire. I told I told him he couldn't build a fire, but he said, "Dale, trust me, I'll build a fire." He's one of those guys that cooks, you know, always cooked all meals on a fire. So he got a roaring fire going, and that fire may have saved my life. And the umbrella that I had along with me, along along with the fire and the umbrella, I, I tell you, it literally uh, may have saved my life. No question about. It. Did you have people worrying about you on this trip? Well, they did, but see, they were following me on Spot Tracker every ten minutes. It was pinging my location, so they were every time I would move, I would get emails saying he's on the move. So they weren't really a lot worried about me when I was on the move. I think they worried more when I was stopped camping at night than they did when I was moving on the river, because at least they knew I was alive. I was moving. Yeah, yeah, good point. Uh, the spot tracker will be on uh, Dale's Meister profile page on our website. Uh, that is a neat way for other people to engage in your adventures and for people to know that you're okay. So very good. Can I uh, say one more thing about? Yeah, can yeah, I say one course. more thing about? Uh, I can't tell you how many times some father or mother would come to come to me and say, "My son or my daughter." 
wouldn't go bed to bed at night uh, uh, without seeing where you were camped. It, they're really heartwarming and touching uh, experiences when that happened. So there was just so many kids out there. I could not imagine how many kids were following following me on on spot. Why do you think that was? I don't know why kids were following me, unless, unless it had something to do with what I was doing for the kids, juvenile diabetes. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I've never been asked that before. I, it, it just caught on. Maybe it was because of Anna, because Anna got, you know, my boat was named A-N-N, capital A at the end, Anna. And she got a lot of coverage out of it. Maybe they identified with Anna. And they were following me because I was doing something for Anna, for the kids with juvenile diabetes. Tell me more about your boat. Well, I had a Winona uh, Wilderness Class uh, ultralight boat full of stuff, I might add. And uh, that boat uh, canoe, I hybrid paddled it. That mean, hybrid paddling means uh, paddle it with a double blade paddle, like a kayak paddle. But it was a canoe, and... Uh, it was just a perfect boat for the trip. Uh, I couldn't have picked a better better craft to have with me on the Mississippi. I never swamped, not even one time. Can you believe that? Wow. Over 2,400 miles, not once. Not once. Oh, I, I had a random question. Some sources are telling me that the Mississippi is is 2,400 miles, like what you have said. And then I look at others that say it's, like somewhere around thirty-seven to thirty-nine hundred miles. Well, do you know where those no. thousand-plus miles are coming from? Well, the, the Missouri River combination. If you were to go to the source of the Missouri River up in Montana and paddle all the way from there, that source of the Missouri to the Gulf of Mexico is thirty-seven hundred miles. Gotcha. The Mississippi. The best measurement that I can come up with the Mississippi alone in terms of mileage is. It's easy to remember because it's 2,345, 2,345 miles. Yeah, it must be Missouri-Mississippi combination because you look up the longest rivers in the world and it's uh, Amazon. That's that's what you're getting. That's what you're getting. Yeah. Gotcha. What kind of advice would you uh, give to our listeners who are getting older and still want to stay active? There was something that that happened that I had no idea would happen. The generation after me has been saying in large numbers that they hope they can be like me when they grow up. Uh, now, this, this is people in their 50s and their 60s that, that have, I have uh, been really an inspiration for them. And that had, that's really shocked me. So, the advice would be for those people that really want to keep active in older age, the advice would be just do three things. You need you need a, you need a good friends and family, and I believe some faith-based uh, uh, religion is important or belief is important in life. And the second thing is, is you've got to stay active. And I, when I say active, I mean... Uh, not necessarily work out in the gym, but if you like to hike, hike. If you like to boat, boat. That's what I do. I exercise, take, if I'm going to hike, I hike. 
And uh, I think that's important along with diet is important, but it's not really that crucial, I don't believe, as long as you eat a good balanced diet. And, of course, the third thing they need to do is keep the atti- keep an attitude, a positive attitude in life, and just in general, uh, just do things that make you happy and stay upbeat. And that, I think that has more to do with me being able to do adventures in older age than anything else is I just live an upbeat life. Dale, it's been very energizing talking to you. Thank you for coming on to the show today. I have one more question, uh, and we like to ask this to all of our guests. Who out there would you like to hear on this show? Well, it would be a younger person. And I think the per- the, young- the person that's had more influence over uh, over me being able to continue uh, with uh, the Mississippi River Project was a person named Austin Graham and Brad Talent of uh, Adventure Itis Productions. Uh, Austin went through and Brad went through some horrendous uh, experiences trying to paddle a canoe and follow me. Uh, to document that this 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 journey, uh, and not only that, but before that, I followed them on a couple of the journeys. They they paddled from the Gulf of St. Lawrence to the Gulf of Mexico, and I I followed them every day, and they became quite an influence on me. And one of the reasons I chose the Mississippi is because of those two gentlemen. Keep an ear out for those guys on a future episode of Mountain Meister. Also, keep an eye out for the film. We'll have trailers of that on Dale's Meister profile page on our website, mtnmeister.com. Any final words, Dale? No, I appreciate you calling me, and uh, I would like to say that uh, if there's any person out there that's uh, older than I, please break that record paddling the Mississippi River from source to sea. That's Dale Sanders. Hope you enjoyed. I know I did. Pictures and videos on Dale's Meister profile page, as well as links to the gear and anything else we talked about. They have a Kickstarter going on for the film, and they need about a thousand more dollars to reach their goal. A few days left on that. If you want to help out, the link will be there too. While you're online, head over to Stio.com. S-T-I-O.com. Take advantage of 20% off that they're giving you. That deal is exclusive to Mountain Meister, and it's on everything, even the brand new products. Perfect for holiday gifts or birthdays. Speaking of, happy birthday, roommate Max. Finally, I'm thinking of putting together a trip where you, me, and the other listeners of this podcast raise money for big city mountaineers. We'll have a Mountain Meister as our guide. I'll be there recording a podcast episode along the way. But in order to do this, I need to know if you're interested. If you are, there's a link to a short survey in this episode's description. If you're using the podcast app, click the three dots, then view full description. Fill that out, send it over. The link will also be on our website and social media. As usual, I hope you enjoy doing the rest of whatever you do while you listen to the podcast that explores the minds of those who explore. Till next time, I'm your host, Ben Shank. You've been listening to Mountain Meister. Mountain Meister.